It's time for Bring It Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Live Axe Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's show. Plenty to cover. We've got some fishable ice here in the Brainerd Lakes area. How much? We've got details from both Steve Saponiak and Mandy Urich on where we can fish and where we can't. Plus, we'll head up north, see how the fishing is up in Bemidji and north of there with Matt Brewer. Plus, Mandy has a great canned venison recipe she'll share. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our local report. And back with us, uh, we haven't chatted with her in a little while, is a very, very good friend of Brainerd Outdoors. Uh, Mandy Urich is back with us. Mandy, how you doing? Brian, I'm super excited to be back and see you and be back in in the studio here and let's talk some some fishing and outdoors. Yeah, I think so. And and I guess right off the bat, uh, we're going to talk a little bit here in a bit about our ice conditions. Obviously, you've been kind of poking around out on the lakes to see if there's some place where there's fishable ice. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about your deer season too. But right off the bat, last weekend was one of the biggest shows in the nation uh, of the year, and that's the St. Paul Ice Show. You were down there. How'd that go? It was hectic. I (laughs) I mean, it was absolutely crazy. It's always cool for people in the industry because we get to see everybody, you know. So after the show is done, you can go have dinner and, you know, hang out with people that you, you know, don't normally see. But as far as people coming in the door, um, sales were through the roof. I think it was one of the highest sales weekends that they've ever had for the show, which is incredible. But I can attest to Saturday I was hearing people it was an hour and 40 minute wait to get into the show the line was that long and it was shoulder to shoulder I'm actually surprised I have a voice I came back in uh, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday I basically had no voice so I'm starting to get it back from talking 10 hours a day but uh, yeah it, it was incredible any products down there that caught your eye that are new or maybe something that's just really popular I think you have a whole lot of time to to go shopping. Um, definitely new products with everybody is coming out. I think the the biggest thing was a, a shocker to the public was Eskimo's new apparel line, and that was a big hit. By Saturday, uh, we were completely sold out. All vendors were sold out of the women's new suit. So kind of puts a big smile on my face since I got to help design that suit, and the ladies really liked it. So. You know, we'll, we'll see where that grows from there. But it's always neat to go around, look at electronics, obviously, look at the new houses and, you know, really talk to those industry reps one on one. But if you were going to go and you wanted the sales, the sales were absolutely unbelievable across the board. Like I was actually kind of kicking myself. I'm like, if I buy this, how do I get this home kind of a thing? <laughs> but when you're looking anywhere from, you know, 20 to, you know, 35 to 40 percent off on products from MSRP, there's a reason why people go there, and mm-hmm. it's to get the deals. Yeah. Anything new on the electronics front that you saw that was interesting? Well, you, you always say that uh, you know Garmin's had this big push, and they're really pushing hard into the, into the ice stuff, and they've got their new units out right now. And I was surprised at the number of sales that came through there. They are crossover units like Hummingbird has for the Helixes, but it's got a pretty big price tag on them. But uh, it sounded like from all the retailers that I was talking to that they were really going out the door fairly quick. So 
back in the old days when we used to cringe at spending three hundred dollars on a you know an ice graph, people are willing to drop the big bucks now. Yeah, it's amazing to me how you'd think, okay, they can't get any better than this, and then they come out with something else. Kind of like what Brent Beimer and I talk about bows all the time. Well, here's the new Matthews. Well. How can they do better than what they just did? But uh, it's it's amazing. And you mentioned too; it just caught my eye. Um, you know the the line of clothing. You mentioned you helped design. You know the the women's ice suit. Is that that seems to me that that has really taken off here in the last few years? Just the women's line of not only you know ice fishing clothing, but just outdoor clothing in general. Twenty years I've been screaming this. You know, there's <laughs> there's this market, there's this niche, and nobody's really been f- filling it. And for many many years, you know, I would have to wear oversized stuff that didn't fit, or have to wear kids gear, which really wasn't a, as good of quality as I needed to be for the kind of fishing and things I was doing. And finally, we're seeing this push where the industry is like, oh yeah, great, there is more women getting in here, but apparel is so hard, especially on the ice suit side. Like it's kind of a, a flooded scene. So for Eskimo to jump in front there and take this chance and, and to put out a women's line, but they really took it serious, which was awesome. You know, we prototyped everything last year for a full season. They brought in, you know, designers for fit, cut, and material that, I mean, these are specialists. This is what they actually do. And every person that came through and all the retailers and the buyers that we talked to, they are just blown away, absolutely blown away. They, they're saying, we messed up. We bought on the low side, not want, you know, not realizing how big of a hit this was going to be. But, yeah, it's, it's great, and I hope it keeps moving forward, too. I mean, the way we are right now, it's a family-orientated. If it's open water or if it's ice fishing, you know, there's been so many advancements with the lighter hub houses, you know, flip-over houses. People can go out for the day, bring the kids, you know, get them all involved. And what you really need is you need good gear. And uh, it, it took a couple decades, but someone's finally listening out there and, you know, hopefully – well, this will see a big crossover because there's already so few companies even on the open water side that provide women's, you know, good outdoor clothing. Hunting is, has gotten there. They're, they're five, ten years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But fishing is – we're definitely lagging behind. Yeah, well, it's good to see. Now, I bet one of the biggest questions you got from people is how's the ice up around Brainerd? Can, where, where can I fish at? Um, and it's probably – it was a tough question to answer because things are still a little shaky out there right now. The snow is killing us. You know, like we talked previously, it's great for the snowmobilers. They're having one heck of a season. But one, anybody with a brand new hard-sided house this year, you're going to get a pretty limited season as it is. You know, we had just started making ice. You know, our temps were fairly warm when we did it. And then we got, you know, 20 plus inches of snow. Now we got another five inches of snow. And now we're getting another, you know, three to five inches of snow. Obviously, that sits on that ice, insulates it. So we're not, even with the cold temps that we had, uh, earlier in the week, you know, when we're down negative 22, we're making ice, but not at the rate that we want and not good quality ice. So, yes, it's it's so sporadic because you think about the shorelines are going to freeze first. So they had a little bit of an ice layer on there. Some of our lakes were still open in the middle, like Mille Lacs when we got that big snowstorm. But be very, very, very careful. Um, even all the way up to the border, they're still having you know issues. They're just now, I believe, letting single axles out on on Red Lake, and I would be pretty sketchy about that. But yeah, grab grab your bar and and, and head on out. And I would seriously track out to where you're going and and, and move light. Um, DNR always has that really good ice guide for how many inches you know if you want to walk out, take a snowmobile or take a truck, um, and, and follow that. But 
I'm staying off the ice. Like, I've gone out and I've checked multiple lakes. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it another week. Next week, I'll really start hitting it hard. But as for right now, I'm not going to take the chance. I love to fish. I love that early ice. But with the deep snow conditions and, you know, slush underneath, it's just not worth it. Well, and what I've noticed is, yeah, you can clear away the snow and you you hit ice and you go, okay, this must be it. If you basically pop that with a, a bar or whatever it is you're using out there, you go right through that layer of ice, then there's water underneath that, and then another layer of ice. So, I mean, to me, that's just a recipe for disaster. It, it is. It, you know, I've heard the argument both ways where, you know, since the, the creation and this blow-up of having all these hard-sided houses, it's been really nice to get more people and families involved because you can fish comfortably, you can stay overnight, you can make it a destination trip, right, where you don't have to pay a hotel. Um, but when you get thousands of ice houses, you know, they're staying out there for weeks on end uh, on a lake, it really puts a lot of more fishing pressure than what historically those lakes were used to with people having to brave the elements and go out with your, you know, snowmobile and your flip sides and and fish like that so it's a good and bad we're going to give our, some of our little local lakes a bit of a break at least on this early end uh, until the ice gets safe yeah so there are things on the ice fishing front uh, we're kind of winding down uh, hunting here towards the end of the year but uh, you had a pretty successful deer hunt you I know you were itching to get out when I talked to you uh, before we a gun season and uh, things worked out for you yeah, I, I hunted hard through rifle season or early Angeles rifle season, and now into muzzle loader. And where I am at, we've got a plethora of deer, but we are in that six oh four zone. So you did have that option to have that early Angeles, which was going on during the youth season. Which there, thank you, we finally got a statewide youth season, which we've all been screaming for, and I couldn't be happier about. Um, early Angeles, I was seeing a, a lot of deer, and obviously. You know, I'm, I'm horn hunting always in the back of my mind, but it's always nice to put at least one deer in the freezer early mm-hmm. so you got you got some <laughs> fresh meat. I was able to do that. Um, sat through most of rifle season, um, and I really feel like we did miss the rut here. Like, um, the early action was definitely hot, and into that first, you know, couple days of rifle season, we were still seeing some remnants of it, but already by that second week, rifle season, my scrapes were going dry, and I've got six seven stands all over the place and i was running you know checking my cameras checking those scrapes and the scrapes were gone well some of it can be attested to they may be on lockdown those you know those bucks have got those does locked down and then we're gonna have to wait to go into second rump before we see that action but that snow that deep snow really shut things down as far as mobility for those deer and there was five days that I sat that I didn't see a deer during daylight hours. Of course, mm. I sit till dark and then I go to drive, you know, get to my truck and I drive out and I see all this, yeah. these deer eyes <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, ah, I see you. <laughs> but, you know, I've been back in the stand for muzzleloader season, um, starting to see a little bit more activity. We got a little bit of that meltdown, which really helped um, so that it could be mobile. I could go check my spots and I could see that they've been, you know, pawing for acorns or, you know, nibbling wherever the hazel brush was, the deer were really in there heavy. But I still feel like the majority of them are running nocturnal. You might see a fawn here or there that comes out five minutes before the end of legal shooting hours, but those adults are still kind of on that, that lockdown zone. So, It'll be interesting to see, and hopefully, you know, something that we always worry about is um, winter kill. You know, we we talk about the winter severity index that takes multiple factors in, into play, and 
um, with this deep snow early and if we get some really super hard cold temperatures like we have yet to even see that's normal for you know January and February it might start to be an issue. One other thing, too, and not to put you on the spot here, but I know you keep in close touch with the DNR and that CWD zone and everything, and there was a lot of different regulations this year and later hunts and everything. Are you Is that going the way they'd like it? Are hunters taking part in that, or haven't you really been privy to that information? So when we look at the total numbers, and it's, it was hard because the 604 zone right around the Brainerd Lakes area is a brand-new zone, so that was you know, a combination of a couple different zones. But when we looked at the numbers, if you could extrapolate it in comparison to deer numbers taken last year, we're on par about for what was taken last year. But that big jump, which I think everybody was really worried about of, oh, the population's going to be completely decimated. We're not seeing that. You know, you're not seeing hunters come in with five, six, seven antlerless deer at a time to be, um, to be tested, which is mandatory. So I, I think, you know, that'll be okay. The, there is a CWD site on DNR, which is awesome. It's up to date. As soon as a batch goes through for testing, they're updating it constantly. Um, and as of now, cross our fingers, we are still have no positives in the 604 zone, which is absolutely great to hear. Um, Obviously, there there there's continues to be some positives. The numbers are getting lower down in the southeast with their disease management zones down there. But it'll be really interesting, I guess, to to see what happens here um, with Alexandria area. Another deer farm that tested mm-hmm. positive. You know, it only had two deer there, but. Uh, what's going to happen with their surveillance around that area. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that as well. Mandy's going to come back here a little bit later on in the show, and she's got a great canned venison recipe she's going to share. So hang around for that. But up next, uh, we'll head out to Malax, get the report out there from Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head out to Mille Lacs. like to get the report out there from Steve Sapaniak with Predator Guide Service. Big question I've had a lot of people, Steve, ask me is, what are the ice conditions on Mille Lacs? Because people are itching to get out there because they know they, you know, i got a chance to tie it into a trophy uh, fish, but at the same time, you know, things aren't necessarily where we'd like them to be this time of year. Oh, exactly, Brian. You know, it's a great question. Ice conditions closer to shore are fine. You know, you're looking at anywhere from 6 to 9 inches, maybe 6 to 10 inches. As you do go out further, it is very, very iffy. You're going to have 8 inches in one spot. You move 20 feet, and you're going to have 3 inches or 2 inches. You know, so the further out you go, folks, the less safe it is. Is Are the fish biting when we have stable conditions? Yes, they are. The walleyes have been going pretty good, along with the uh, northern pike. Uh, they've been going decent, too. There's no complaints about that. But then again, you get a cold front like we did last week. Oh, my gosh, blistering blistering cold. You know, you walk outside and 20, 30 below, you're going to freeze right up. That shuts the fish down. You know, like we talked about, you and I have talked about cold fronts 100 times on the radio shows in the last 15 years like I tell everybody, a cold front in the winter is worse than a cold front in the summer. So, But otherwise, you know, ice conditions uh, close to shore, anywhere from 6 to 10 inches, you start going out a, like a block or further, you're taking your life in your own hands. You had said off air we were talking uh, the resorts are basically recommending foot traffic only? Yes, that is correct. Uh, Randy's Rentals, you know, on the west side, 
Chapman's in the town of Isle, uh, Fisher's over there on the east side, you know, Red Door on the north end. You know, it's pretty much the same thing, you know. Everybody's got the heavy snow, you know, they can make a little bit of a path for you, but uh, it's not going to help that much. So they're telling everybody, walk out there if you want. Take a snowmobile, but don't go too far. But do not bring an ATV because we're not going to pull you out. You will get stuck. It's not a matter of maybe. It's a matter of yes, you will. Yeah, because you said we got the ice, but the problem is, is all the snow. We got some more snow on the way. It seems, uh, you know, it's things aren't necessarily going to get better anytime soon. No, definitely. And and you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, Brian, you and I have talked about it for the last few years. Just remember, folks, the last four or five years, every fourth, fifth day, we've had rain during the spring, summer, and early fall. Then when the winter comes, it's every fourth, fifth day, it seems like we get the snow. It's a continuation of the moisture. We don't have springs no more, and we don't have falls no more. We go right from winter to summer and right from summer to winter, you know, and I don't know what it is, but we're sure going to have, I think, a heck of a lot of snow this year. I've uh, been doing the plowing and everything like everybody else has been doing. Last week, I got a chance to hunt down one of my friend's properties up on Malax Lake. He's got a farm. I was bow hunting, trying to get a last little bit of uh, deer meat in the freezer. And uh, I have some spots there, Brian, where I was walking through knee-deep snow. And that's no fun, especially when you get to be my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a theory on, on that whole thing you said about uh, what's causing our change in seasons a little bit. And I'm going to attribute it to the fact that I used so much hairspray back in the 80s. Ah, you think that might be it, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> Back when I had more hair. Uh, so, but no, I mean, that is kind of a goofy thing, though. I mean, people have been kind of pounding their head about that. We just haven't had the seasons that we were used to having five, six years ago. Oh, exactly. You know, and I hear a lot of people tell me it's global warming. It's this, it's that, it's the stars aren't aligned. You must have did something different and terrible in your previous life. Hey, folks. We haven't had records 500 years ago. We haven't had records of, of uh, weather 1,000 years ago. How do we know this isn't a 500-year pattern or a 300-year pattern? You know, none of us are experts. You know, if we had something to go by, then we could say yes. But right now, it's, hey, you don't know. It could have been a pattern that happens every few hundred years. There's no records to go by. So, you know, we'll see what happens. As long as the fish keep biting and we can still hunt and fish, you know, I think life's good. And, you know, treat your family decent and everything will be fine, I guess. Yeah, uh, I did want to touch on snowmobiling out there, Steve, because everything going on this winter, the snowmobilers are real happy. Uh, we talked, I think it was last week, about some of the great trails that are around Mille Lacs, and, and you know, once you get some decent ice out there, they'll open up some trails on the actual uh, lake out there. Uh, I'd imagine, though, those groom trails uh, going through, like, the state parks and stuff are in pretty good shape. Oh my gosh, Brian! It's incredible. The tra- I've seen the trails when I was up last weekend, taking care, of, trying to you know do some hunting. They're beautiful. They do a wonderful, fantastic job keeping those trails groomed, keeping them in running order, keeping them really nice, and you know keep them clean too. A lot of people like to throw their pop bottles or hate to say a beer cans on the trails. Hey, folks, you know don't. You know, someone else hits it, there could be an accident. But they've got some of the finest groomed trails, Brian, in the state of Minnesota. Like I said, you could always take the Sioux Line all the way from Albany, Minnesota, all the way to Duluth. It's incredible. From the Sioux Line, you can catch little um, artery trails, take you all the way to Park Rapids and further. So you've, or Grand Rapids also. So you've got a lot of good trails, you know, through State Park, Shakopee State Park, you know. All of those are just unbelievably gorgeous this time of year on a snowmobile. Take your time, enjoy it. You know, a lot of people don't realize, like on the water, and the same thing on groomed trails and on the ice. 
the speed limit's 55. I'm, I, when I was snowmobiling, I loved to crack it too a little bit, but you know, the speed limit's only 55. So, you know, be careful, have fun. You're not going to find better looking trails than you will around Mille Lacs Lake in this state. That's for sure, Brian. One last thing, Steve, and that is, I forgot to ask you this before, uh, somebody had said uh, about spear houses out on Mille Lacs and some of those just offshore type of things. Uh, are you seeing some of those out there and are those anglers having some success? They're having some success, Brian. Yeah, they're spearing some nice pike. You know, uh, uh, I got to watch what I say because everybody thinks I hate spears. No, I don't. I used to spear for 20 years myself. I enjoyed it. But for all the guys that spear, let's, uh, Malak's like, let's keep a couple things in mind. One, throw that ice chunk back down again. You ever see someone hit an ice chunk spear, you know, from a spear hole with a snowmobile? The darn snowmobile explodes, and if the person makes it out alive, they're lucky. A lot of guys are not throwing their ice chunks back. Two, please know the laws. You're not allowed to take as many as you can over 40 inches. You're only allowed one. And if I recall right, it might be one for the season. So check your laws. Make sure you got everything going good and everything. Don't be a meat hog. You know, one of the finest trophy fisheries in Minnesota for Trophy Northern Pike was Mille Lacs Lake. And I use the word was, you know, so... Please throw your ice chunks back, and please be careful with what you spear. You know, a muskie's not a northern pike, and there's a lot of guys who go out of their way to spear a muskie. You know, unfortunately, you always got some bad with a good, Brian. Yep, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that, too. Uh, that is Steve Sapaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at predatorguideservice.com. Steve, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, bud, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we'll head up north, see if maybe uh, some fishable ice up that way. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji will join us when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head up north for the Up North Report to Bemidji and bring in our good friend Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. Matt, how are we doing? Well, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of energy no, uh, slogging through all that snow, doesn't it? Yeah, there's no no shortage of it. I wish uh, wish it would just stay cold and and uh, quit snowing for at least a few days, and then and then it can snow after that. But uh, but we need a, a little bit better layer. We we're we're doing okay uh, up here, but I know down by you and down toward the cities. Uh, a lot of lakes are in trouble, but up here things are okay. But if we keep getting more snow, it's gonna gonna make things a little tough. So it's almost getting to a point now, Matt, where it's hard down here. You know, you move it around, but you know, underneath it, you've got that. You know, maybe you'll hit ice after you get the snow moved away, but then you got another pocket of water underneath it, and then another layer of ice, and you know, it, it kind of gives you, uh, I guess, a, a false sense of security, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, up here we've been lucky. There, there are some slush, slush pockets on on some of the lakes, but for the most part, um, we avoided that. We didn't, we didn't see the heavier totals like many places did. I know over by like Grand Rapids, they got like 20 inches before, and then they got another three the other night. And um, you know, we only got like uh, nine total um, over the course of that stretch. So. It wasn't so bad, and it was really windy during the one storm, so um, a lot of it blew off. But we've been out checking, and and uh, the lakes are, are in decent shape, and snowmobile uh, travel is, is really good. And on some of the lakes where there's not quite as much um, than walking is working, but 
no vehicle travel yet aside from snowmobile or four-wheeler. Um, the big lake, um, Justin was out checking that yesterday and found anywhere from like five all the way up to 10 inches. Um, and the average was right around that seven to eight inch mark. So, um, it'll be a little bit yet before we're, we're getting houses out and things are going full, full tilt, but, uh, but things are shaping up okay. And like I said, if the snow stays away, we'll be all right. And what about like Leech Lake? I know that's kind of in between you and I a little bit. Um, anything to report there? I know guys have been out. Um, I haven't been down there and I haven't really seen a firsthand ice report, but, uh, but I've seen people who've been out on the lake and they've been, they've been getting fish and, and, uh, I, I'm not 100% sure on travel conditions out there and, you know, where there's snow, where there's good ice, uh, where there's bad ice or anything like that. So I don't want to give anyone any kind of direction when I'm not really sure myself. So, Red Lake, uh, is that still going pretty good? Yep, it's going good. Uh, travel is pretty good out there. Fishing's been... Some people struggle, um, but for the most part, I'm hearing really good reports. Um, big houses are out already. Um, you know, that's kind of the early early lake and things progress a lot faster out there so there's a lot of big houses out and, and i know justin is headed up there for the i think he set it up for the weekend before he comes back to guide on sunday night monday so he'll be up there with his wheelhouse and get a really good first-hand report after he uh, is up there bouncing around and spending the entire weekend so but he's already been up a couple times and i've heard from a lot of locals and friends who've been up and and fishing looks like it's been pretty darn good and for me, I, uh, I finally was like healthy enough to start fishing. Um, and then I had to start show season. So I haven't been able to get out because I'm, uh, working too hard during the week and then spending every weekend at, at, at shows. So, yeah. And we're going to recap. I know you were down at the St. Paul ice show, uh, this past weekend, we talked to Mandy earlier in the show and she said it was pretty busy and uh, we're going to get your take on that. Plus some upcoming shows of people. I uh, want to take those in as well. Just a couple of more lakes I wanted to touch on, Matt. Uh, Cass and Winnie. And here we go again with Winnie. That's always, uh, you know, it's crickets over there, it seems. But uh, have you, are you yeah. hearing anything? Haven't heard a peep out of either one. So <laughs> I, I really have no idea um, what the conditions are like on either lake. So, um, And I haven't really heard any of the adjacent lakes to to cast a lot of times i'm hearing stuff from like you know kitschy or andrusia or um, or wolf or things like that and i'm i'm not really hearing a whole lot i know guys have been out on some of those lakes but I'd, i haven't heard how much ice there is how the travel is anything like that so um been kind of quiet and uh, i guess this year you know without me being out hardcore like i typically am i i'm kind of missing out on some of the some of the reports from around the area i just i kind of know what what is immediately local to me and and what Justin tells me from his scouting adventures and and uh hear a little bit here and there but uh but Cass and Winnie haven't been haven't been talked about so and then uh is it is the panfish bite pretty good up there right now Matt yeah panfish bite is really good um the walleye bite's pretty decent and the perch bite is really good um but crappies and bluegills like if you if a person wants to get out and get on crappies and bluegills uh, early ice like this is a really good time and you know this should last for at least a few more weeks uh, i'd say three weeks to a month we should still have fish in the basins and and uh bluegills are still 
you know, they'll mix in the basins, but you might find some in the shallow weeds as well. So, um, so they're, they're pretty easy to find. And, uh, once you do find them, they're, they're heavily congregated. So pretty, pretty darn good, uh, panfish bite going right now. So, and with all the snow that's on the lakes, Matt, does that change, you know, especially for you, your presentations and tactics, or do you pretty much still do the same thing? No, it doesn't change anything right now. Um, you know, if we get a ton of snow, like I said, we have, we don't have as much as most places. So, um, but if we get a ton of it, then, you know, light penetration becomes different and, and the habits and, and, uh, eating habits might, might change. So they might be in different locations and their eating schedule might be a little different. So, um, you may have to change things up at that point. But, uh, right now, I mean, it, it's no different than, than most years. We just didn't get a really, really good, base of solid ice underneath before some of the snow started so and obviously it is show season matt uh you were down at the saint paul ice show you've got a couple of shows coming up here in the next couple of weeks uh let's start with saint paul ice show once again we talked with mandy she was down there said she ran into you a few times and uh from what i've heard uh it was pretty well attended yeah i mean i don't i don't think it was as busy as some years, um, we were talking about it, and I think this was my 16th ice show. Um, so that's, that's a lot of years. <laughs> and I I don't think it was the busiest it's ever been, but, uh, but I will say that sales were really good. Um, I think the economy is pretty good, and people, people are really um, willing to spend some money. It seemed like this year... People walked in the door and they knew what they wanted and and they were going to buy it. Um, you know, other years we have people that just kind of walk around and eat brats and drink beer and hang out and uh, you know talk and canoodle and uh, there wasn't nearly as much of that this year. It was it was like a busy nonstop run here, run there, talk to this person, talk to that person. Um, every time I saw Mandy, I, I don't think I got to really like actually have a conversation with her because every time we saw each other we were running past each other to go <laughs> you know take a customer somewhere or um or one of us would run into the bathroom or lunch or whatever so it wasn't a, a show where you could actually sit down and, and talk uh, a whole lot to to friends in the industry it was a lot of talking to customers and and uh i've been asked uh, several times since i got back from the show like what was your favorite thing or what was a must-see product and I, i'm assuming you're probably going to ask that <laughs> and uh and the god's honest truth is i did not have a chance to walk to the floor so i i didn't get to like peek at other booths i spent the entire time in the ice team booth or the clam booth and uh i guess the only time i got to really see anything was when i was walking up to do my seminar and walking back down and really didn't uh didn't get to dive in like i like i would have liked to have so it's always nice to give a report on you know uh, or a review on something new and I, I didn't get to look at anything new aside from products we have so we read my mind in the beginning of the interview i was going to ask you about that but as you started talking <laughs> about how busy you were i was like oh, i think I, he didn't get a chance to shop at all <laughs> so nope yeah and then then maddie said the same thing too so i mean it's it's in a lot of stuff you know what we talked about was the fact a lot of these products they're they're it's not really anything new maybe just some tweaks here and there yeah a lot of that um i mean 
I'm sure there were plenty of new products there. I just, like I said, didn't get a chance to look at them. So, so what's coming up this weekend, Matt? There's a couple of shows as well. Yeah, the big uh, L&M fleet fish fry is on Saturday from like, uh, I believe it's 10 to 3 or 11 to 3. Um, and I'll be in attendance for that at the Bemidji store, but uh, people will be all over the place. Every L&M fleet will have, uh, will have plenty of pro staff from several different companies and all you can eat fish and you get free pop and lots of deals going on. And that happens Saturday. And then, uh, actually today, um, it started Friday and goes all the way through Sunday is the Fargo ice show at the Shields sports arena. So, um, uh, that's a really big show. And, uh, Tate and I will be working in the clam booth on Sunday and, uh, it's a busy weekend, lots of running around. So, um, I was hoping to get out fishing, but uh, but I'll be I'll be standing in a booth or driving pretty much the entire weekend. So, well, it is as we said, show season, and that's a busy time for uh, you guys. So, uh, safe travels, Matt, and enjoy the shows. That's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out at northcountryguides.com. I appreciate the info, buddy, and we'll talk soon. Okay, sounds good. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B ninety three point three. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And Mandy Urich is back with us. And this time around, Mandy's going to share a a recipe of hers that she's been kind of working on here in the past couple of weeks. Uh, A lot of people can venison, Mandy, and a lot of people go, oh, I didn't know you could do that. You've got some great stuff here. This is a total throwback to our grandparents' age. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't believe how many of my aunts and uncles reached out and said, oh, your grandma would be so proud of you because she was a big canner. You know, when we think about why, why did we do that? They didn't have the freezer space, you know, back then. Plus, you worry about freezer burning things going bad before you can get to them. And everybody's got shelf space, but... Yeah, I, I kind of had forgot about it. We did this in college, like lived off of canned <laughs> venison because it is so easy that you can just quick grab and, and throw it into a meal. But so we got it all together this year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try this. Like I haven't done this in, in years. And uh, there's some technology changes for the good with the new pressure cookers yep. compared to the old ones. So <laughs> I will definitely say get yourself a new pressure cooker. I don't need anybody's pressure cookers blowing up and, you know, <laughs> taking out someone's blame you. <laughs> kitchen. And then, yeah, then I get in trouble for it. So it was fun. I actually called one of my buddies, um, Heinz, over and I was like, okay, I just want someone who does this also in case I'm forgetting anything because there is a little bit of this and that to make sure that aren't in the instruction booklets that if you look online that those little tips aren't on those so yeah did the did the first batch got it out oh my goodness gracious and now i've been going crazy so we can talk recipes we can talk process like i'm i'm all in well and tell me a little bit because you did a variety of different flavors too that that uh like you said turned out really really good yes so just the most basic versatile one that you can you can do that you can put into season and make however you want later was just the uh with bouillon and it's the the paste bouillon i did a, a teaspoon of that and a teaspoon of canning salt and I actually put that in the bottom of the jar and then you put your cut up venison meat in there. So what I'm using, I'm using scrap, stuff that we'd normally grind into burger. Mm-hmm. And if you look online, they're going to tell you to cut them up in those golf ball chunks. No, the bigger the chunk, the better, because when this comes out, it's the consistency of roast beef. 
So, I mean, it's super tender and you know, you like that bigger chunks in there. And I think it actually cooks better, too. It doesn't over dry it um, with that. So you put your teaspoon of bouillon in there, a teaspoon of your salt. And this, if, if you're doing, you can do quartz or you can do pints. So quartz are bigger than pints. Slap your meat in there. Um, you get your pressure cooker going. You got your lids going. So what you want to do with your lids is you throw them in hot water and let it boil for a little bit. And then you start your water um, just a, a little bit in the bottom of your pressure cooker and then um, get the, the pressure, you know, or the water going on there. Take your lids out. And I would like to take my jars directly out of the dishwasher so they're still warm. And then pack my meat in there. Put your lid on the top and you put them into the pressure cooker. And one of those tidbits that you don't see in the books or online is there's a, there's a, a rubber... Gasket type of yes, thing? Yes, that's on the lid. Actually... Take that out completely and, and oil that on both sides and then put that back into the lid. So here's the big part if you're going to do like difference between quartz and, and pints. So quartz are bigger. You, once you put them in there, you want to be, do 11 pounds of pressure. But your pressure time doesn't start until it builds up to 11 pounds. So if you're going to do the quartz at 11 pounds, you're going to cook it for 75 minutes. If you're going to do pints, you're going to do 90 minutes at 11 pounds. But recipe-wise, you can really go crazy. I did taco seasoning, so I can do enchiladas. Mm. Um, and with that, I didn't throw in an extra any extra salt. I took a Ziploc baggie, poured the taco seasoning in there, shook it so the meat was all covered, and then packed it in the jars like that. Um, same way I did Lipton onion soup like you would do for a roast in mm-hmm. your crock pot. Same thing, just covering it, putting it in there. I did some with fresh minced garlic and and onion in there and there i kind of layered it in the meat and and stacked it in there but um the sky's the limit you know take some of your really favorite roasts you know your crock pot recipes and you can really apply them to them i got one that i got to do another batch because i found this ranch and pepperette that's supposed to be this phenomenal crock pot recipe that i think that's the next go around that i'm definitely (laughs) going to do but that's the neat part you can you can play with it and and just really be as experimental as you want. Biggest mistake somebody could make? Your timing. Really watching it. You don't start your time on the cooking until you get to the pounds of pressure that you need to be at. So that's the big one. And between the, the pints and the quarts, making sure that you, your timing's on. And I had a lot of questions you saw on Facebook. People were thinking that this was more like fish. Like when you say can, that they didn't realize that they had to pressure cook it. And you do have to pressure mm-hmm. cook it. There's bacteria in that meat. So you want to make sure that, you know, no one's going home with botulism if they decide to. Yeah, they, they won't ask for another. <laughs> Correct. So you want to make sure that it, you're cooking it at the length of time um, to really kill out all that bacteria. But I have to say, I mean, I've been eating it probably twice a week right now. That's why I said I'm like, I got I to go can some more. But it's so quick and easy. You get home and you, all you have to do is warm it up. And you can make it with tacos. You can make it with mashed potatoes, put it on a bed of rice. I mean, wherever and however you want to do it. Well, I'll have to try it. First, I got to get a deer. <laughs> <laughs> One thing at a time. But, uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. And like you said, if, if somebody's looking to, you know, for instructions and recipes and all, I just Google it, and you should be able to find all kinds of stuff. Yep, absolutely. Mandy Urick, contributor here to Brainerd Outdoors, good friend of the show. Great to have you back. And uh, we'll have to maybe have you uh, talk about some other recipes because I know you do a lot of different other stuff too. So sounds awesome. Mandy, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. 
And that'll wrap up this week's show. And don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. If you're out of town or away from your radio, an easy way to listen to the show live is to stream it at our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, and click on the uh, Listen Live tab. And, of course, we're all over the podcast networks and platforms uh, wherever you download your favorite podcast, search Brainerd Outdoors. Subscribe, uh, rate, and review. We'd appreciate that as well. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, Your Truck Accessory Pro Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.